on all this stuff. So keep the cursing to a minimum, Isaac. <laughs> it's all recording. <laughs> Record on this computer. Okay. Um, freedom from depression. Um, any questions, guys? Anything that, that we've talked about? I know for you guys that are new, it's brand new, but just for you guys that have been here for the last few weeks. Any, any questions? Anything that has come up? Anything you've thought about? No? Isaac, Alvina, anything on your guys' end? No. I'm sure I'll probably think of something later that I thought of. Yeah. Okay. Anything, Denise, Juan? Anything you guys like? Anything like in discussion wise, like afterwards or that came up? Like, huh? I didn't think of that. Or um, there was one part that I thought was so I'm trying to find it here. But you said when you um, when you keep having the same thoughts over and over, it creates like a a track in your mind, mm -hmm. and you have to get you have to stop that. Yeah, I think of how he said that, but it was really good because it's like. You just, you yeah. You do it, it creates this path. And so it always happens. So you have to break that. Well, you, you know, Dr. Caroline Leaf talks about thoughts are things. Talks about what? Thoughts. The, 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 the statement, thoughts are things. In other words, your thoughts is an actual thing. Or thoughts. Yeah, your thoughts. Um, it's not just something that comes and has no impact on you. And, you know, an easy way to prove to you that thoughts are things is let me offend you. <laughs> let me offend you. Let me be, you know, condescending to you. Let me offend your spouse and tell me if my verbal thoughts don't become a thing. <laughs> you know, thoughts are things. And, and, and the point in that is just as we walk down through, you know, what we're going to cover today, talking about depression, um, emotions, human emotion, it's just that that we understand that that your your brain. I, I learned this like in eighth grade. It was a, a study course I took, and the, and the way that they put it was like in studying was like a field of grass. And so if you had a field of grass and the grass was tall, and you walked through it one time, and you never nobody ever walked through it again, if you came back the next day, you would never know what path you took. You would never know. But if you walk down that field every day, Monday through Friday, to get to school, what's going to happen? You're just going to remember. Yeah, you're going to have a field of grass all around the path. <laughs> but your path, you're stepping through it, is going to dig a pathway through that grass that's going to be, you know, for the most part, permanent. And that's the same that's the same process we take in our thoughts. Thoughts are things. And this is where we have to protect our, you know, protect our thoughts, protect what comes out of our mouth. What comes out of our mouth that will impact our lives, that impacts our emotions, um, you know, to, to address different situations. Uh, I think that's my nephew. I think, um, I think that, yeah. She probably <laughs> <laughs> and and so but just you know kind of you know making sure 
that that we we stay in control of those things that we we stay on top of that you know um rob it's not that i'm never going to get mad it's not that you and steph are never going to get mad at each other but it's that we learn to take control amy home that we learn to take control and have self-control so that we can go because emotion emotions are normal emotions are normal they're god-given we have a wide spectrum of emotions um from funny you know um to sad to if you ever you know i i i've never you know Nobody's ever broken up with me in my lifetime, so I don't know the feeling at all. But <laughs> there might be somebody else that could give a story about that. You know, Diana, do you have? Me never. <laughs> I'm the one that breaks up with that. <laughs> but do you remember your that, that first crush? You know, for some it could have been you know recent or whatever. It could have been a, you know a long time ago. But that first crush, and they break up with you on your birthday and you know you didn't expect it i'm not speaking from experience i seen it in a show but and it it hurts so bad like it it literally feels like your heart is hurting you know and realistically if you ever had a passing of a loved one if you've ever had to mourn through something um you know, even to the point, like for instance, not as serious, we lost our dog, our dog that grew up with our kids since they were babies. And, you know, Justin would ride him like a horse, you know, when he was just 10 months, you know, we got, we got Giles when he, Justin was like 10 months old and we had him all the way until about five years ago. And the kids were devastated. We were devastated. Uh, we have a picture of our dog. And, and to, to this day, you know, no animal measures up to, to Giles. We have, you know, if you go to my dad's house, there, we literally, see, if you didn't know this, you would think I buried somebody out there, like a body, because we actually, like, I paved it, I, I, I cleaned it up, I put nice rock, you know, stepping stones all the way up to where we buried them, put white rock on there, we put lights on there. So memorialized. Yeah, yeah, we put a little memorial for our dog and uh and stuff. And uh, you ain't gonna get any better than that. But if you if, but if my dad lives out in the out in the country in a farm, and so if a farmer's driving by and sees it and he's like, dude, they buried somebody. You know, grandpa's buried there or something. Because it's it's pretty big, it's a full human size, you know. And so, but it just, it, it hurts. And, and the reality is when you lose, when you lose someone or I was, you ever see military um, gatherings? Like let's say uh, someone from the military flies in and the spouse or the kids don't know and they walk in, right? And they make you cry. Yeah, well, uh, you know, not, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty strong, but you know, for all, I probably am one of the persons crying. I seriously, I know I was. Uh, yeah, and you know, but you see that, and it's just like, boom! It 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 stirs something in you, and you don't even know the people, but you understand that emotion, because we're given just in a, in a in a range of emotions, and so we can go from swinging from one pendulum to the other, but guys, just moving an emotion doesn't mean 
Anything bad is natural. It's good. It's a good thing. Staying in one place, though, that cannot be it. That can develop to be something very unhealthy. If you're if you stay in one place, you ever you ever meet people that are just always up, right? Always, and you're kind of like, dude, I know you ain't always that happy. That's that's fake, you know. You probably have like bodies in your freezer or something, <laughs> you, you, you know, you, <laughs> something crazy. No, I am not happy go lucky. I might be optimistic. I am not happy go lucky. But there's some people like, that are what? Do you mean like staying in one emotion? Just that they're literally. It's just that the ability. Just, they only have that one. Okay. You know, reality is now consistency is is, is a good thing. Um, being consistent, being you know, overall that that's not a bad thing. But we all have ranges of emotion that we can all feel: crying, happy, you know, whatever, uh, excited, uh, different things. But in that pendulum, you have to. This is where where it gets important. In that pendulum of emotions. Let me ask you a question. Name me some name. Name me some good emotions. Just love, love, joy, joy happiness. happiness, peace, peace. What does peace look like in an emotion? Right here. <laughs> Relax, calm. Yeah. Okay. Anybody online? They said all the ones I was thinking. At rest. What was that? At rest. At rest. Peace. What peace? Like peaceful peace. Okay. And what? What are the positive emotions? Excited. Excited. Excitement. Okay. Yeah. Happy. Happy. Cross. Joy. Joy. Okay. Sadness could be a positive emotion. Sadness in what way? In a way that because, of, like you were saying, being stuck. So if you're stuck, always happy, mm-hmm. and you're kind of just. So you that's that's a that's a really, really good um, observation. What Juan said was sadness can be a good emotion. Okay. So can sadness, do we, let's vote right now and that will be, make it for the whole world. Can sadness be a good emotion? Okay. Now let me ask you, can sadness be a bad emotion? Yes. You're sad all the time. Yes. People, people pity themselves or they grow in this, they want, they want to be the victim all the time, you know, and they just, you know, oh, poor me, you know, that's mm-hmm. not good. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, any, any, anything else? How, how, how can sadness affect you in a bad way? It, it could be a gateway, so you can either go left or right. A gateway, that's good. That's really good, left or right. Or up or down. So, so, because sometimes, and that, that, that's a great point, because here's the thing. Okay, let's say, well, you know, I don't want to go too far off on, on something, but 
There's certain things. I like the way you worded one, a gateway. There's certain things that are a gateway into something more, and that can be positive or negative. In other words, it's just neutral. It's just, it's just a neutral situation, but how you express it and how, you, how it develops through you can be something now very destructive, negative, negative or positive. You know, um, by, the Bible says that Jesus walked up to Jerusalem and it says that he, he looked at Jerusalem and he wept over Jerusalem. And said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I wanted to gather you like a chicken would do her hens. But yet I, I came to you and you, you rejected me. You didn't want anything to do with me. And if the things had been done in your city, in Sodom and Gomorrah, that city would still remain. In Corazon, that city, you know, and he starts going through this. Was he expressing sadness? Yeah. And it, well, he, he was expressing sadness in the way of how sadness should be expressed. Trying to drive a point of compassion. Because think about it, oh, like, um, how many of us, okay, I'll, I'll give one quick, quick situation that we've all sent, been there where we clicked on the news and we hear about something about a child. And we get, boom, a range of emotions in about that 30-second clip on Channel 10 News. You go from angry to frustrated to sad to mad to whatever. Well, it depends what happened to the child. Yeah, I, yeah it makes a huge difference. I, you know, when I, when I lived in Arizona, uh, a situation happened with a little girl in Tracy. And she, it was uh, her Sunday school teacher who lived there at a church just down the street off of Clover Road. The dad was a pastor of a church. The little girl trusted her Sunday school teacher. And do you guys remember this story? No? Okay, you remember Tracy. And kidnapped the child. And I'll lack the details but did many, many abusive things. And then they found the child in a field in a, uh, a luggage bag. Oh, yeah. Right next to the, the canal. Mm-hmm. Oh, they killed her? Yeah. Little baby girl. I think she was like five or I six. Now that you bring it up, I may. I, I, I know. Yeah, I lived in Tracy. I, I moved from Tracy to Arizona. And I'm watching this on the news. 20 years ago or so? Yeah, it was uh, 2008, 2009. Oh, and I'm just heartbroken, just like, sure how, you know, how, yeah, the trailer park right there off yes, of Clover Road. Yeah, now I remember. And, and so you get a range of emotions. Oh, yeah. You get a huge range of emotions, you know, and it's, and Peter, Paul makes a statement. He says, he says, anger. In other words, when something is done wrong, you and me have a right to be angry. God is angry. But then it makes a key statement, sin not. Okay? So now there's self-control there. There's a restraint. There's a difference between uh, anger and vengeance. God said, anger, you have that ability to. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So there's a difference there. I have, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. 
So like, you know, like he's in that Why you get your ghetto voice when you're going into the question? <laughs> uh, I, already, I already see your face. She's like, like. So like. <laughs> Well, he ain't some of us. He's in some of us. Let's make that. <laughs> so you said like, you know, <laughs> but like if he's in me and stuff and I take like vengeance and that means it's like, no, I'm not, no, 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 sorry. Can't go down that one with you. Sorry. Now, now let me let me say this. If you go to anybody, if who who can read for me First Thessalonians five twenty three? Anybody got that offhand? First Thessalonians five twenty three. Did I leave my where where did I put my Bible? I had my Bible somewhere. I put it down. Diana, can you give me my Bible over there? It's on the that table over there, please. What is it? First Thessalonians five twenty three. I got it. Oh, my hands didn't burn this time. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I got it. Oh, you got it? Can you read it out loud? Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. May your may your spirit, may your spirit, soul, and body. Okay. See. This is the this is as we dive into this we're gonna this we're, this is where we're hitting this right now real quick. This is going to be key. If you can understand this as in your Christian walk, spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit that has been reborn. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. If you go to any funeral in any culture in any country across the globe. And there's, there's somebody passes away. Every culture, for the most part, will understand one simple concept. That person that passed away is not there. Right. The body's there. The body's there. But he's not there. So that spirit that was in that body is no longer there. And the different belief systems that come from different religions will believe that that spirit went here or there, everywhere else. But there's one understanding. That spirit left. Okay. Here's the part where we talk about why do I struggle with my emotions? And this is a key part because if you want, whether you're talking about ministering to somebody and healing, whether you're talking about casting out of the devil or you're talking about casting out the devil in you. <laughs> this is all a very important same key point. Spirit, soul, body. Your spirit is made brand new. This is your spirit. Yeah. Okay, so we have a spirit. We are a spirit that's been born again. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. Okay. Yeah. And so your spirit was dead. Before Christ, your spirit was dead. That's all it was. But, let me ask you a question. You, you were going to say something about You mean before Christ was born, all of them people back there didn't have a spirit? It was dead. No, they had a spirit. But the spirit was dead. Even though they were alive? Mm -hmm. No, okay. 
Death is is alive. Well, wait a minute. I, 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 I missed yeah. you somewhere. Sure. I misunderstood you. What I think I've done. Oh. You said before Christ, your spirit was dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not talking literally the people before was born before Christ. Well, see, well I'm, them too. We can use them too. Their spirit was dead, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, was, okay, here, here, let me explain. Let me explain. There is a difference between death and non existent. I'm not saying that their spirit was non existent. Okay. But it was okay. spiritually dead. They were dead, separated from God since the fall of Adam. Their spirit was dead. You have to be cleansed. They had, that's, that's why Jesus came. Jesus came and makes a statement. And he says, He came to seek and to save that which was lost. What was, notice it didn't say he went, he came to seek and to save him. So all the people before Christ never, never went to heaven. No, no, I didn't say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We we can, we can attach some of these things to it, but no, that's not the case. They just were not us in the sense of the New Testament church being able to be born again and having Christ living in us. Okay. So before Jesus, whether as to, in today, or people, people, whether yourself or people around you, your spirit was dead. It doesn't mean it was non-existent. I'm not saying that. I just mean it was dead. Okay. It had no connection with God. It was dead. Death is alive. Okay. I'll, I'll explain. Anybody know, let's say if somebody has... Uh, a growing tumor or cancer in their body. I've, I've met people that has it like in their stomachs or stuff like that. And what will happen? They'll say, if you eat certain foods, you're, you're, what, you what does it do? Or anything like that. Yeah. It feeds. Right. It feeds the cancer. So you're literally feeding this cancer that is eating away by death. You know, cigarette and cancer or anything. You know. Yeah. So death there is life in death. It's just not good life. <laughs> it's, it's eating it away for its own benefit, taking it away from its host. Okay. So death, think, 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 of, think of it in that way. In the cancer of a body, what is it doing? Taking away. So a dead spirit in the life of someone, what is it doing? Taking away. So you have a world that is living on emotions with a dead spirit. And how does their life look? Like it's eating away at them. Am I losing you, Bob? Yeah, you ain't losing me. It's just that... It's okay. I want to... There are a lot of non-believers who are freaking happy, dude. Well... They just don't know what they're missing. Okay. Happiness, happiness is in the Constitution. It's not in the Scriptures. Yes. Joy is. Joy, okay. Pieces. So there is a difference. I understand. Yeah. It's like saying, it's like I can't say only Christians have love. Right. I can't say that. All right, okay. Because I've known very good couples who have been married for 50, 60 years. And, and they were married that time, but they weren't believers. I'm not going to, I would be foolish to say, oh, they're not, they're not in love. Yeah, no, that's what, I, that's what I was trying to. Yeah. Say, that, yeah. Now, you, now you can still you can 
you don't have to be a Christian to be have love. No. Not to be you can no. have to be a Christian to be happy. Well, to have okay. joy is what you're saying. You have to have Christ. To have you can have common I'm love. Just throwing, yeah. just, you can have common no, it's okay. Well, good. That's good. You can have common love in the sense of how humans ex- can express it. Can you have God's love in you without God? No. No. You can't. Can you can a non-believer truly have peace? No. You can't. Well, I'm I'm telling you no, because if Jesus says, I am the Prince of Peace, how can you have peace if you don't have the Prince of Peace? That doesn't mean that you can't carry a job, uh, um, balance your checkbook, and and have the normal life experience of you know uh, reaping and sowing and being benefited to you. Yeah, that's that's a normal process of life. That's not. I, I can't. There's people that that don't love Christ that pay their bills, and and they can retire. And and when they retire, they they can somewhat live a good life. But then when it comes to the end of their life, right. do they true. have peace? <laughs> Yeah. No, so then we're yeah. still right back where we were. Yeah, I understand. I so, okay, are we tracking it? Is there, am I making sense? Go ahead. Do you think the difference between a believer and a non-believer is that, so you, cause you, could be, you, can have, you can be happy and you can, be, uh, you can have peace um, as a non-believer, but if you're a believer, you have that peace of at the end of the day, no matter what happens, no matter what goes on in your life, God is there with you, and if you were to go... You would have eternal life. Yeah. Because ultimately, that's your rest. In other words, life's hard, life's rough, all these things, whatever. You know, um, you know, what you know, we talked to Rafaket last week in Pakistan and the struggles that they go through. And I've called him in the middle of stuff, and I'll send him money, and then I'll ask him this question Rafaket, yeah, do you have groceries? And then he'll get quiet. And I know what that means. He spent the money on somebody else. He spent the money on other people. And I, if, you know, I have, now that the laptop's up, I can show you afterwards. I've got messenger stuff that he sends me on messenger of photos. I'll give you a perfect example. He called me at six in the morning, crying his eyes out. My friend, Frafaket from Pakistan. This was probably about a year, year and a half ago. Crying his eyes out at six in the morning and just angry. Right, and I'm like, I've never seen him like this because we FaceTime and we'll pray and stuff like that. And just a great man of God. And he, he's just angry and he's like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I said, what? He goes, we were passing out food. We were giving out food and all this other stuff and to church members and everything. He said, and when we went to a church member's house and we were giving out food, there was a little girl that wasn't part of the family. She was probably about seven years old. He said, and, and she kept on just looking at him and looking and just staring at him and, and everything. And he, he said he kind of noticed something. And, and he looked at her and he said, uh, honey, have you eaten? And the little girl said, no. And he looked at the family. But before that, he, he understood she had stayed the night. She had been there at this house for like two days. They hadn't fed her. So he's in a Christian home, members of his church, giving them food because he's trying to give food to the families during, you know, during this time. It wasn't even the pandemic. This was like 2018, roughly late 2018. 
And he just loses it. He is furious. He, he grabs this little girl and says, where, where is your family? Where are you from? My parents live. They're next door neighbors. He walks over there to the neighbor's house, knocks on the door, brings this little girl in, walk, opens the door, talks to the family. He sends me a photo. To some of you, I think I've showed you this. Of their little, it's just a pile of blocks and where they had fire and they put a pot. The family had just eaten their last bread and water. They had eaten for 24 hours. They sent this little girl over um, to come over to because they didn't have any food. They literally, now when we say we don't have food, what that really means is I don't feel like cooking. <laughs> I don't feel like cooking or, you know, I got tacos, no cheese. You know, that, that means we ain't got no food. No, they had no food. And so, so he goes and he, he feeds this family, you know, and he calls me and, and he gives out of his own, you know, and all this stuff. And so, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And so, um, and so in that, you know, he was, um, it, you know, in, in all of that, he was so mad that he caused him just crying. And he said, how can a Christian do that? How can a Christian do that? How can a Christian, you know, and because here's the reality. Let me, let me go back to the example. Okay, here's your spirit. Before Christ, your spirit is dead. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And then you have a body where they both, where they're housed in. It's the pot. Okay. Here's the body. What is the least valuable part of this? The body. <laughs> right? The bottle. It's the least valuable part. If I were to squirt in Oh, an ounce of caramel cola syrup in it, and it was carbonated. What would that make it? Soda. It'd make it like a Coke or a Pepsi. But I don't have to use a lot of it. I have a soda machine thing maker. I use very little to make a big bottle, and it's just water. You pour that in the caramel, whatever stuff in there. And it, when, once it no, mixes... No, it's still water. Yeah, it's no. still... The concept is still water. The least valuable part is the bottle. The most, the most part of that it is, is water. The most impacting portion of it is the caramel black dye, or whatever you want to call it. Flavoring. Flavoring. So you have a spirit... The Spirit of Christ comes in and it is the most impactful thing in this bottle. And you just need a little of it. And the moment it mixes in, it consumes every part. But you're still water. Mm-hmm. You still have a will, a mind, and emotions. And then it's still housed in this bottle. Okay. Yeah, Yes, we fed the family. He called me. No, he went over there and he fed. He took groceries. 
and we fed him. And then he contacted us and we sent money and he was able to feed them and uh, uh, several other families. And he sent me some photos. He actually, there was a Muslim family that lived right next door that hadn't eaten. And he sent me photos of dinner, inviting these Muslims into his home, feeding them in his house. Why didn't this Christian family feed that little girl? Because they barely had enough for their own and they weren't willing to have faith and share. That's the reality of it. You're just talking, they must have so little of food that... They didn't have anything either. So so let's understand, let's put this in context. You know, it's easy as Americans to go, well, why wouldn't you just make them a sandwich when you have two loaves of bread and two in the freezer? But what happens when it is your last piece of bread and you have two children. Now that makes it a difficult thing. That's the, yeah, do, do you get it makes it a difficult situation. But who is supposed to have faith in that situation? Yeah. A believer. Like, like I told our neighbors when the pandemic started, and they all laughed at me, and they, I, they know me. I was, I was, I was kidding with them, but I was being serious. I said, "Hey, when all this, when all this craziness, whatever." And all the grocery stores were shutting down. And I told him, I said, listen, I've got, I've got fish sticks and I've got some loaves of bread. I heard about a Jewish guy that did a lot with it. So if you ever need food, come over. And they all laughed at me. But they got the point. And I would tell, I, I've told Andrew and his wife that, you know, over here. We've got uh, Jehovah Witnesses. That live. I, I, I found out he actually spoke at the Kingdom Hall temple recent, uh, not too long ago. And so I've, I've talked to him over the fence and stuff. They're a nice, nice couple. And uh, the, the, or Kingdom Hall, I'm sorry, I said temple, didn't I? And, uh, you know, um, Andrew and his wife, you know, and, and so we, you know, we talked to him, just kind of joke around. But I told him that. But why did I tell him that? Because I was being serious. I told him, if you need anything, come. Come. And so, but at the same time, it is a hard decision to make. And see, this is where the scriptures give, give three, in, three examples of concern or to, be, uh, 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 to have concern. You know what it says? First, it says that we have a right to be concerned about our spouse and our family. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. For a married couple, he says, if you're, if you're married, your concern is going to go to your spouse and your children. He said, so I'd prefer you to be single. So you don't have to deal with those concerns and you can go about building the kingdom. Okay? That's what Paul says. But he says, if you can't and you're married with children, Paul makes the statement. He said, for half of your concern will be unto the Lord, the other half will be unto natural things. Paul made an, had an understanding of that. That if you get married and you have children, you're going to have to take care of your kids. You know, you're going to have to, you know, do all those things. And, and God says, yes, that's a good thing. That's okay. The other thing it says that we are to be concerned over is the body of Christ. That we are to be concerned over the body of Christ. We're to be concerned over one another. The, and then if you look up the word one another, look it up in the Bible. You'll find out how many one another's there are. And there's quite a bit. 
love one another. Be patient with one another. Don't lie to one another. Don't take advantage of one another. Uh, um, you know, and all the one another's in scripture. And Paul, Peter, James, John, give all those different examples of the one another's. You know what he doesn't say? Jesus said, you have no right to be concerned over yourself. Say that one more time. <laughs> Jesus says, you have no right to be concerned over yourself and your needs. He says, because my father in heaven mm -hmm. will take it. to the birds, why would he give it to you? That makes sense. The one person the world says to be concerned over Christ says you are to not be concerned over. And the people that the world says to not be concerned over is the one that Christ says those are the ones you should be the most concerned over. So that, that's the switch of emotion. That concern can be a good thing and a bad thing. But see, here's the application. Okay, we have a spirit with a soul in a body. If I don't open this up, I can't release what's inside of there. Okay. We're talking about depression and emotion. There is a release point. If you're going to minister to somebody, it has to be physical. You have to speak it. You have to do it. Okay, that's why this stuff, you know, and, and, you know, where back in the day where we'd be like, you know, hey, you know, you run into somebody at a grocery store and it's like, oh, so-and-so, they're sick. You know, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll pray for them. Yeah, okay, I'll, you know, I'll pray for them too. And then you go on and you forget about it. Okay, that's why this stuff don't work. That's why the church don't work. That's why Christians don't work. Because they're not doing it the way that they were supposed to do it. You are sick, I'm to, I'm to lay hands on you. And if I can't get to you, what was laying on me, I can give it to you to lay on them. Whether it's a, you know, um, I've had, I, 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 um, water bottles, pins, literally like we've like done weird stuff where it's like, watch. I'm going to give someone a water bottle and they're not even going to know it. And we're going to hand it to them and they're going to get healed. Watch this. And that's, you'd be like, well, that sounds wrong. Paul did it when it says that they took aprons that were on his body and he would take it off and give it to somebody and they'd get healed and demons would be cast out. Because here's the, and here's the point in that. You know what that, that made God bigger in my eyes for this one simple reason. Oh my God, it's not me. It's really God because Kirkland couldn't have healed him, <laughs> right? It must have been God, the spirit of God through someone being obedient to God. See, I never thought about it like that. That's, that's pretty... Does that make sense? So if you guys see me handing out water, you don't know why, okay? Dude, and I, I, I say this, Dana. Okay, That's I. Probably why your sister did it then. <laughs> I will. You know, I, I will be honest with you, Diana. 
That, this, that example, you know why, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up is because I thought of you. You've actually been on my mind for two weeks, okay, on that subject. Seriously. Because one of, Diana, what hasn't, isn't it a little bit difficult sometimes as far as to be verbal in that, in that process and sometimes yes. you get nervous? Yes, it does. Very much. What if you were to have faith to not have to say anything? Where do we find Jesus ever praying for anyone who was sick? He would command. Check it out. There's a woman. You ever heard the story about a woman who uh, who had an issue of blood and she got healed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she touched his garment. Yeah, she touched the edge of the, 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 the edge of his garment. She got healed. About five chapters later in the book of Matthew. It's crazy. Jesus is going out. He's doing ministry and everything else. And then all of a sudden, here comes a statement. It says, and so many came to him and they said that if all they needed to do was touch the hem of his garment. Okay. Where do you think they got that idea from? For a woman who actually did it. And when, when she got healed, what did Jesus say? Power came out of me. Who touched me? Well, everyone touched you, Jesus. No, 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 no. that was different. Why? Because I felt power leave. Think about that. I felt power leave. Somebody touched me. So here, here's here's one simple simple thing. When you ever hear somebody go, well, it has to be God's timing. Really? Because God, Jesus didn't set up that timing. It didn't even come from him. She set the time. Think about that. She touched his garment, mm-hmm. but he was touched by many people that day. Mm-hmm. Did they all get healed? No, she didn't. But it's why? Because she had she had faith. faith. None of them had. The rest of them did not have faith. They had needs, but no faith. No faith. Well, they had belief that if they touched him... Well, no, no, later, yeah, later on, yes. Yeah. She was the one who was driven. If nobody else has been able to do anything for me, I have gone to multiple doctors, I have done this, I have done that, there has been nothing successful. But if I can just touch him... Her faith was, yeah. It was her faith that caused power to go forth because it was her faith that caused her to believe and trust that Jesus could do what others have said that he could do, but she had to be willing to reach out. And she knew that she was violating the law because of the issue of blood. She, had she should have been stoned. Being in that crowd. Yeah. She should have been stoned. She should have been stoned to death. Right. But she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. Yeah, I, I, I do understand that. And so now... A year later, we hear this story of people are going, hey, I heard this crazy thing that if I touch his garment, I, I can get healed. But you know what that also tells me is they all knew who she was because she knew that she had no business being there and nobody would come around her. So they knew who she was. Hmm? And she forced her way through anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And guess, and here, here's the Here's the other thing. Let's say if I were to, let's say you're, you're, you know, let's say Juan, me and you are going out. 
and we're we're at a gas station, and we see somebody with crutches. And I go and we we lay hands on him, and boom, he drops the crutches, and we're just both like crying because we're just like, dude, this is so awesome! Oh my gosh, this is crazy! And then we and we're we're we go from the gas station, and we got to go pick up pizza. So then we go get pick up pizza, and then we see somebody and and they're hurting whatever, and I'm like. Juan, why don't you grab this one, All right? And so then you pray for this person. You lay hands on them. And you're probably going to um, emulate what I did and how I did it because that's what you've seen. And it worked. And it worked, okay? So you're just going to practice what you've seen. After doing it enough times on your own, you're going to develop what you say on your own and your own style because it's you, right? I know that sounds like flippant statements talking about healing and people, but it, this is really how it works and it's not that complicated. But here's the thing. You have to start from some point. Copying someone is not a bad thing. Copying someone is learning. Does that make sense? Well, sure. There isn't anything that you or me or he or she hasn't learned from somebody. Yeah, that's my point. Exactly. But in the church, when it comes to stuff like healing, laying hands on the sick, um, you know, cast out a devil, it, it's it's a weird place in the in the Christian community world and how it's how it's approached. Because all of a sudden, it's just this kind of weird vibe stuff. And but in reality, it's just. Do it, have faith, operate in it, move forward. You know, Diana, if, because here, here see, um, I, when I was in Sacramento recently, Alex is in on the call right now, but when I went to Alex's house and his stepmother or his mother-in-law, she was very old, her neck was hurting, her back was hurting, she couldn't sleep um, and it was very uncomfortable and all this stuff. So she ends up, we're having just coffee and snacks and some bread. I didn't know that they called her over and I don't speak Russian. So, so they called her over and I'm introduced, they're introducing her to me and I'm like, cool. This was probably about a month ago, five, five weeks ago. And, and so I meet her, we're just, I'm having coffee and we're just, you know, just talking, eating and she made some bomb cheesecake. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Anyways. And, uh, so mother-in-law's there, and I'm, I'm getting ready to leave, and then they're like, can you pray for my mother-in-law? And I said, yeah, okay. So she, you know, I said, well, stand up, you know, so I, I grab her hands, and I start talking to her, right? And she's just looking at me, she has this, you know, little smile, and then it dawned on me, she don't got a clue what I'm saying. She didn't have a clue what I'm saying. And then Alex goes, oh, do you want me to translate? And I said, no. I don't need you to. Why? Because it's just Christ. And I just let go. And I, I didn't even, after me talking to her and I realized she didn't understand, then what does it matter? I already touched her. And I let go and I just said, okay, move your neck. Tell, then now I said, now translate. Tell her to move her neck. She moved her neck. She was like, a little better. And then all of a sudden, this little 80-year-old lady starts going, reaching down to touch her toes. Right? It was the cutest thing. You know, she's reaching down to kind of touch her toes. And then that was a Friday. 
Alex waited to call me until Monday. And Alex goes, he goes, I wanted to wait Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, and I'm calling you today to tell you. I said, what is that? That my mother-in-law has said she has slept eight hours every night since then. Wow. She hasn't slept eight hours in 10 years. And he goes, and every night she has slept the same way. Okay. So God got bigger in my eyes and his eyes. Alex owns a business. His business earned no money in the month of January. And he calls me in the end of January and said, man, I'm really struggling. You know, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, it's all right. As Christians, what would most of the, okay, if somebody calls you, think, think, of this, think about this. If, if somebody calls you and they said, I have a need, what would most Christians do? What is the next statement that comes out of our mind? Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Right now, God, I just, you open up the windows of heaven, God, that you bless them financially, you strengthen them, right? And, and all those things. Is that a bad thing to do? I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do. This is what I did. He goes, man, I'm really struggling financially. I said, okay. I said, well, then Alex, you're going to sell 10 cars. He goes, but I've only sold five. I know. And you're going to make up in February what you lost in January. And he just kind of looked at me and he goes, really? Like that? That's what he told me. I said, just like that. Because you're speaking it out. I'm speaking. Did did God in, in Genesis pray for the oceans to form? Or did he speak it? He spoke it. So, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to copy dad. So I'm going to speak it, right? So that, that, so Alex was there. It was like right towards the end of January. Alex calls me the first Monday, about six o'clock in February. And goes, you're not going to believe this. What? I sold two cars already on the first day of February, right? And his wife is like, I don't know if I believe this. It's kind of hard. I, you know, and it's brand new. And then all of a sudden she, I hear in the background, did you tell him? Did you tell him Alex? Right. Did you tell him? He calls me yesterday. They're working on six already. They're working on six cars sold. And he goes, man, I'm so excited. I said, well, four more. And he goes, that's right. I said, four more. Alex, we're not celebrating till we're done. I'm not going to celebrate at six. We said 10. All right, all right, then we're not going to celebrate until 10. I said, because here's the reality, Alex. Is it that God just wants you to have fat pockets? No. Or is it that God wants to show you to get bigger in his eyes so one, you don't have to hoard enough. You can now freely give as well. He was like, oh, yeah. See, because when you're hoarding, what are we saying? I don't, I don't believe. I'm, is it, I, now, I'm not saying don't be wise. Proverbs talks a lot about inheritance and for your children and to your grandchildren and all those things. Balance your checkbook. Don't be a dork. You know, pay your bills. All, you know, all of us, you know, don't be a dork. Pay your bills, you know. All those things. But at the same time, what happens if you work and you've done everything you can and you're still short? You start rebuking the devil off you. <laughs> and start swinging that sword. I do that. I go through my house and I swing the sword. 
Absolutely. I know we're totally off of freedom from depression topic right now, but I get it. But, but he, he, here's, the, here's the reality to that. When we were at our lowest and we lost our business, I had a choice to make. Either I'm going to go into depression or I'm going to fight. And I'm going to break this. I had one or the other. We were living in a little 18 foot long trailer. Me and my wife and my kids were living inside of a house, not even under our roof. We were technically homeless. What are we going to do? I chose faith. And so every penny we counted and we thank God for it. Everything that came in, okay, God, we thank God for it. And then when, it, when a bill came in that we couldn't pay, all right, God, you have a bill you need to pay. And I can't tell you how many times all of a sudden people who I didn't even know would text me or message me on Facebook or whatever and say, um, I felt like I needed to send you $260. Well, that's really cool because my car bill is $257. <laughs> and they would send it on Western Union, you know, whatever. I'm saying it's possible. I'm saying God is possible to move in many different ways. But if you get stuck in this place of your emotions and you never open up the bottle, you'll never release what God has in store because your salvation is inside of you. Okay. The answer to your prayer is inside of you. What does that mean? Because you were given the mind of Christ. Not the brain of Christ, the mind of Christ. So if you have the mind of Christ, you have his word, those statements of God is, does mysterious things in mysterious ways. No, that's a lie. He did it in the Old Testament that way, not in the New. Because Christ was the Old Testament revealed. There is no more mysteries. That statement of no eyes, no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, you know, those things that God has prepared for us. And we all use that when people die and go, oh, he's talking about heaven. But then read the text. And then Paul says the next statement, but God has revealed these things to us by the spirit. So these truths are now set out for us. Will you grab it or will you not? That's the question. Will you dive in and dig in or will you not? Last night, uh, we'll kind of close this out we'll, 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 we'll look right now but last night I was telling my sister-in-law I was I was up about one in the morning I was reading my Bible and I was praying just praying in tongues and just praying there and I went to sleep and I, before I went to bed I said Lord there's some questions I had for him some things I was talking to him about in my prayer time and I said Lord I just uh, I need some direction I need some answers and how to deal with some stuff talk to me while I sleep Communicate with me while I sleep. Let's have fellowship. So I went to bed. And in the middle of my dream, in the middle of me being asleep, I have a dream. In my dream, I'm sitting there in her daughter's bedroom on the floor playing with toys. Little girl, she's got a beautiful, a little Italia, five-year-old. We're sitting there playing. And I'm playing with her. And in my dream, she's giggling, I'm giggling. And we're just having a great old time playing with dolls. yes. I'm an uncle that plays with his niece with dolls. And so I do. 
And so I, I, I have little tea time with her and everything. You know, I had the pinky out. I got to do the pinky out. No wonder you're the teacher. You learn that when you have a daughter, too. And so, and so anyway, so in my dream, so we're having this moment, right? And in my dream, it's like I'm looking down, and we're having this moment, and I'm playing with her, and she's giggling, I'm giggling, we're laughing, all this stuff. And then it, it was the loudest growl, like a lion roar, that woke me up instantly to the point I turned over and I opened my eyes. And the moment I tur- turned around at 3.34 in the morning, it woke me up and I got up and the first thing that came out of my mouth was get out in Jesus name. I heard it. It woke me up. It was loud. And then I got content and I was very joyful for this one reason. Why was he growling? Because he wanted my niece. Why was he angry? Because he couldn't touch my niece. That was part of the, 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 the portion of me praying and me talking to God about some stuff. And it was, okay, I get it. And here was, and then so I called my sister-in-law. Hey, God's got a hedge around her. It's cool. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move forward. Now, you know, God's answering here. He's responding. And so where does that go? That leaves us to not be anxious. That leaves us to not be worrisome. That leaves us that if we can, if we communicate and open with God, God will be open and communicating back with you. Um, we got way off on depression, but let me just say, I'll, let me say this. I'm going to read these statistics and then we're going to close it out. One out of 20 adolescents is the fastest growing rate of depression. One out of 20 children in adolescence. Women are twice as likely to face depression um, for whatever reason. I'm not saying y'all are emotional at all. I'm just saying what the statistics say. 40 million Americans right now, 18% of the American population is dealing with depression and receiving treatments. One out of five. And that's just the people that get treatments. They get treatments. 17.3 million Americans are clinically depressed. That's serious. 17.3 million, and out of the 17.3 million, 37% receive treatment. Just over one third of that 17 million. This is from what year? This was from 2018. 2020 hadn't even come out. We don't have a clue. Okay. Check this out. Listen to this. $210.5 billion of earnings are lost in income every year due to depression. Okay. That means the, the, the typical person who struggles with their emotion and depression loses an average of twelve dollars to $15,000 in income in their household. Especially if they're only making twenty or thirty thousand. You go, well that does how does that make how many sick days? How many call ins? How many non paid work days? How many late fees because you were too depressed to pay your bills and they just built they just swelled up on you? And it's lost income. The average American family 
loses twelve to fifteen thousand dollars because of emotion. Don't tell me thoughts are not things. When I read that, that is a powerful, powerful showing 